Hey there, this is Carla Evans, and I'm so glad you've clicked on this link. It's Sunday, April 26th, and at Boundless Vancouver, it's our Infinitum Life Sunday. Each of these Sundays, we have the opportunity to focus on an aspect of the spiritual life with the aim to resource you and encourage you in a deeper life and wider love. On the last Sunday of March, I shared with you, and we had some time to discuss in groups about solitude, this quality of being alone or remote. But more importantly, that solitude is more about a state of mind and heart than a reality of being alone physically. One part of that teaching that I thought would be appropriate and important to highlight before we move on to today's focus are Richard Foster's words that I shared, which is in itself a bit of a warning. He wrote, We must seek out the recreating stillness of solitude if we want to be with others meaningfully. We must seek true fellowship and accountability of others if we want to be alone safely. We must cultivate both if we are to live in obedience. We can be people who live in extremes at times, preferring to either keep ourselves busy with lots of talk and interactions, or preferring to be alone and quiet and sometimes recluse. We recognize, however, that living in obedience, following Jesus and His way, requires a balancing out of these two. I've shared many times at Boundless Vancouver that we were made by community for community. We were made by a God in community, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's intention is that we are both in relationship with God and in relationship with others. Basil of Caesarea said, The Creator arranged things so that we need each other. That can ring really true in this time of social distancing and being separated, that our need for others is highlighted or discovered in a new way. And more than that, we want to be people who are with others meaningfully. Just think back. Have you ever been somewhere with people but went home with a sense of loneliness in that you weren't known or loved? We all have a longing to be known and loved, and we're meant to receive that from God, but also through one another. Throughout Scripture, we find some beautiful words with regard to friendships. In Proverbs 17, 17, we read, A friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born for adversity. In Proverbs 22, sorry, 27, 17, this very familiar scripture, you use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. Just this week, I saw our friend uh, Danielle Strickland had posted on Instagram some words of C.S. Lewis. He wrote, Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to one another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. There's a true beauty in human connection, in being known and being loved and finding that we're not alone in this human experience. So to start us off, a scripture very appropriate for our Infinitum Life focus this week, with two of the virtues of Infinitum Life being to love God and love others, is Luke 10, 25 to 28. Another familiar one where we read, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, 
What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. One part of true life is in loving your neighbor, befriending others. And today our focus is on spiritual friendship. Now the word friendship can mean different things to different people. So I want to be clear about what I'm referring to today. I found a really helpful resource called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Alberg Calhoun. And in it, she shares, Spiritual friendship's desire is to develop a friendship that encourages and challenges me to love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. The desire or purpose of spiritual friendship is to fulfill what we just heard from Luke 10. And the definition is that spiritual friendship involves cultivating a covenant friendship where I can naturally share about my life with God. It is grounded in relationship to God and a commitment to support, encourage, and pray for one another. This is a friendship that is not a casual acquaintance, Uh, or someone we just see from time to time, but really like an agreement, a promise to one another, or a commitment to be true and deep spiritual friends. Now, hopefully this sounds a lot like what you've heard or experienced over your time at Boundless Vancouver about our weekly hub groups that are meant to be places where we're developing and growing in committed, deep, and accountable friendships. David Benner wrote in his book, Spiritual Companions, How I wish God had set something, anything other than love, as the supreme measure of spiritual progress. Recognizing the impoverishment of my love of God and others is so discouraging. It's the most depressing thing I have encountered in my Christ's following. Perhaps you've reached points in your life where you've had this same feeling. You look back And you ask yourself, how am I loving God and loving others? Maybe for me, it's because I can be really hard on myself that this resonates with me so much. But I'm guessing that at times, this would resonate with you as well. This is the most basic and fundamental teaching of Scripture, to love God and love others. And often, I feel like I'm still a beginner in it. But it's only in relationships where we can discover our capacity and incapacity to really love others. Choosing to follow Jesus in true friendships requires intentionality and an awareness of both the other and yourself. David Benner also wisely points out that often it seems that what we want is the fruit of companionship without the demands of genuine intimacy. Our soul aches for a place of deep encounter with others. Our fears may partially mask this ache, but it won't go away. We want companionship for the journey, companionship with whomever we can share our soul and our journey. And then more, Tim Keller shares, to be loved but not known is comforting, but superficial. 
To be known and not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It's what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. As we're socialized and as we pick up cues or habits from the world around us, we develop ways of relating to others that can stifle them, can hurt our relationships, or that make us in ways not very hospitable to others. But we can grow in our capacity to be a good spiritual companion or host or listener to others. So today I want to share some ideas of how we can care for one another, how we can be friends who encourage and challenge one another to love God in a safe, trustworthy, caring, nurturing, and hospitable way. Ways that deepen relationship instead of stifle or maybe offend or step on our friend's toes. I've used a few different sources to put this list together. It's not exhaustive or complete, but some guiding principles in being a spiritual friend to someone. And I already shared the Spiritual Discipline Handbook by Adele Alberg-Calhoun, also Spiritual Companions by David Benner, and Reaching Out by Henry Nouwen. So this is kind of like a top 10 list, but it's a, a top 12 list. And what I want you to do is... Uh, As I go through this list, I invite you to have a reflective and attentive posture, noticing perhaps what point really resonates with you right now. It could either be because of a longing or a desire, something you'd really like for in your life and in a friendship, or maybe it could be a hurt or an offense, something from a relationship you've had in the past that comes to mind, and just notice that for now. So here this is, my top 12 list of how we can care for one another as spiritual friends. First of all, give time and patience in friendships for others to feel at home with you. It's easy in Christian circles to sometimes assume or presume that someone else um, will trust us or feel comfortable around us. But we really do need to give time and patience to anybody in friendship in order for them to be willing to open up, to be themselves, to feel at home and safe with you. Exercise patient in the deepening of all relationships. Next, allow one another the freedom to ask questions, whether it's about life, about scripture, about God, and ask those questions without fear. Again, in the church, sometimes um, we are guilty of making people feel bad that they have questions or they have doubts or they um, have to express something they don't know, or maybe it's even something they don't agree with. We want people to have freedom to ask questions, to express their doubt without being always corrected immediately or always given answers. Next is the invitation to hold others loosely in the sense that you know you are not responsible for everything the other does. We can take more responsibilities or responsibility than we ought for others, which can lead to attempts to control. It's important to know your place as a spiritual friend, as an encourager and a challenger, not somebody who is meant to control another person. Next, encourage your friend or friends to be part of the wider body or community. 
which offers even more space, even more relationships where they can grow in maturity. There can be a temptation to cling or stick to only one relationship or to small groups and being um, maybe sometimes we think they're cliques. But we see in scripture that the church is a body with many parts, interconnected and interdependent. And we don't want to try and just keep to ourselves. We want to encourage one another to be part of the wider body and community. Next, allow your friends or friends to stand on their own, not clinging to them for your own unfulfilled need. Do you notice that you have a need to be needed? Be wary of that. We ought to have a healthy and mature posture of holding one another, not to try and fulfill something that feels like a hole or a need in us, but in order to love them, to provide freedom and an open-handedness, even in our heart posture toward our friends. Also, we need to let go of a friend when the time has come for them to move on, be that to a new place, a new community, or to other close friendships. We can find ourselves uh, maybe selfishly discouraging a spiritual friend to move on to a new place, to a new body. But sometimes God does call people to new places, to new relationships, and we can't be those trying to hold people back or hold them down. We want God to move forward, people to move forward, excuse me, in God's way and direction. Another we can do, thing we can do for spiritual friends is to help them see the talents and gifts they hold and help them develop and deepen them. Maybe you've experienced that sometimes a friend has become like a competitor to you. The view of a friend as competition doesn't build them. We want to see ourselves as those who are coming alongside, boosting up, and helping people see what is in them that they may not see already. Now, this is an interesting point. We want to be wary of leaving the healing task to only specialists, like psychologists, counselors, therapists, pastors. We tend to underestimate our own potential and can quickly make referrals to those with titles. Now, we don't diminish the fact that sometimes people do need to go to a psychologist or a therapist, someone who can give them more help than we can. But we don't want to underestimate our own potential and the power in listening and being a true friend. Maybe it's that we are fearful that we don't know what to say or do. But stick with that friend. Be willing to listen and listen them into life. This goes along with this last point, but know one another. This is done by listening and being willing to face each other's fears and pain. Sometimes we're tempted to hide so that we can look good and strong. We don't want our reputation to be altered. But we really want to know one another. Be personal and pray. 
we must acknowledge that most help tends to come in more ordinary ways, like through our personal engagement with each other, our attention to Christ, and prayer. A lot of people feel uncomfortable praying or praying out loud with others, but this is one thing you can do together that truly deepens relationships and has so much power. Be personal and pray with one another. Also, be willing to talk about suffering, acknowledging we don't have all the answers. Hardships and suffering are unique, but they are also shared. And we are meant to bear each other's burdens, be willing to talk about the difficult things that we don't have answers to. Hardships and suffering are unique to each of us, but they are also shared. And finally, as a spiritual friend, be willing to talk about sin. Though we really might want to avoid this, we all struggle and we all need each other's help. Maybe we could go back to that quote from C.S. Lewis that says, Wait, you too? We all struggle with sin. We all struggle with temptation. This may take time for trust to be built up to bring confession and accountability to your relationship. And many people have been hurt and shamed when they've opened up about their struggles and temptations. But we need to be willing to grow and to move into this where we're willing to talk about sin with one another. Now, those were the top 12, the list that I came up with and how we can be encouraged and be together as spiritual friends and companions. And I wonder if you pause for a moment and just really reflect on what resonated with you, what touched in on your life today. Uh, in our gathering online with Boundless Vancouver, we're going to get in breakout rooms and discuss uh, some of those things that were highlighted for us in our lives. But also we have some reflection questions uh, that you can consider either on your own or with another friend. You'll find that these questions are posted uh, below where you've clicked on this link. There's some further questions for reflection and then also some, some spiritual exercises uh, from the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook that could be another way of you exploring um, what kind of friendships you've had in your life? What kind of friend you are? What could you learn about yourself? And what can you learn about God, our greatest companion? I really like the last spiritual exercise that was listed, and it says that we can never be a perfect friend. We have limitations and flaws. List your current limitations. Do you want a spiritual friend enough to rearrange your life to have one? And this is a response today that we're including at Boundless Vancouver, that we have a resource also, which is about how to create um, an Infinitum Life hub group. And we'll have this linked here on our page as well that you can look at and really to reflect on and consider, do you want a spiritual friend? And do you want one enough to rearrange your life to have one? It will take commitment. It will take time. It will take grace and just your dependence on God to be 
one who can listen to others, love others, host others well, and also to be willing to let those friends in your life. I'm really uh, glad that you stopped and listened today, and I'm just going to say a prayer before we close. God, we love you, and we know that you first loved us. That in scripture it says, no love is greater than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. We want to be people like you who lay down our lives to love others. And we know that we can only do that with your grace, with your mercy, with your kindness, with Holy Spirit, your direction and prompting with the courage and strength you would give us to be good friends to one another. Thank you that you made us to be friends, to live in community. Humble us. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. And thank you, God the Father, for your, your Father's heart, for your children. Amen.